Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast where we crack open our Bibles after leaving the faith and we decide if there's anything good in there still. My name is Justin Gentry, a seminarian, a ministry dropout, and I'm joined today by my lovely host. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Tori. I'm, um, yeah, Bible, Bible school dropout. Very proud of that. It was it was good times. Um and yeah, I I've also read the Bible a lot, a lot. I was, you know, I was homeschooled, so we read through the Bible every single year, every single school year. So, you know, it was there's a lot of very weird stuff in there. And uh yes, we decided to return to the good book question marks mm-hmm. forever. And um yeah, we're just checking it out, trying to see if there's any, if there's any morality, if there's any good ideas, bad ideas, ideas that the planet would be better if they didn't exist, mm-hmm. et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. So we'll serve as a guide for you, the, the person that's deconstructing your faith, or maybe is already deconstructed, or maybe you're an atheist and you always have been, and you just find this kind of thing funny. And I'm good with that. I'm, I find it funny, and I've been all three of those things. <laughs> so uh, we're actually going to get into a bit of a long story uh, today, so we want to make sure we have all the time that we can, and we're not going to do it this week in evangelicalism. We're going to jump straight into our drinking game. Tori definitely has already started. Um, started drinking, you guys. Started, already started. This is going to be rough. This is going to be rough for all of you. I had a drink earlier this evening, um, so I think, yeah, we're going to be good. Uh, so we're going to get into the story of Samson in the book of Judges, uh, the tiny libertarians Bible in the middle of the Bible, because, uh, you know, the book of Judges is everyone can do whatever they want. So this is the libertarian morality tale right in the middle of the Bible, the book of Judges. And we're going to talk about Samson and we're going to have you drink or drink some water or, you know, if you're not an, uh, you're not an alcoholic. You can you know, drink some water, do a push-up or something. But anytime that you hear Samson or, or, or read about Samson doing something that maybe a serial killer would do, to go ahead and take a drink. Because I have a theory that Samson was a serial killer. And 
I would just like to confirm that by how drunk you are by the end of this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. Am I starting? Yeah, let's start this. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, if okay. you if you want to read along, I think we're starting in Judges chapter 13. We are starting in Judges chapter 13. And we're going to go Judges. through the entire life of Samson. Take Indeed. Indeed. Fuck boy for the Lord. Yes. Or to quote St. Gwen, this shit is bananas. <laughs> um, it's very applicable to many things right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you guys, Samson, I was literally sitting and just like, I was masked in public reading this story and like dying laughing. We were taught this so often as children. Yes. Why were they teaching us this story? I had a comic book. I had a comic book. Like for, for like kids of this life, of the life of Samson. It was like, none of it was edited. It was the whole thing. And yeah. Hmm. Okay. I wish I I could find it. It's like a graphic novel. There's some like sexy parts in here. So if it wasn't edited, that's fascinating to me. Yeah, there was some, you know, they were they were Christian comic book sexy, but they definitely had curves, you know. Y'all, I wish I could read this entire thing to you. It is fucking hilarious. So if you want to laugh, I would I would honestly, this is a very rare time where I would suggest reading Judges 13 through 16. Nothing makes sense. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At all. It is bananas. So, it is bananas. So starts out chapter 13. The Israelites have sinned in the eyes of the Lord. It's just a day that ends in Y. And so the Lord's like, okay, not into this. You get to go be ruled by the Philistines. Again, this is just context. The Philistines, they're bad guys because they don't, they don't circumcise their children. Mm-hmm. So evil, clearly. Um, also, I do have to add the names in this story are kind of amazing. Um, so Samson's dad, um, whose name was Manoah had a wife who does not have a name. And she is also, according to the angel of the Lord, barren and childless, not just one or the other. No, she's both. both. Yeah. (laughs) And the angel of the Lord shows up to Manoah's wife. Again, this poor woman. What should we call her? Katie. Her name's Katie. Yeah, so the angel Katie. of the Lord shows up to Katie and goes, like, look, you haven't had any babies. And that's a major problem in this society. So um, I'm gonna fix that for you. You're gonna become pregnant and you're gonna have a son. And essentially, this son is supposed to be dedicated to God. And the angel goes, um, the one thing that you can't do is cut his hair ever mm-hmm. because he's dedicated to the Lord. And that is how the Lord works. Um, apparently, Samson was a Sikh, which if we have any Sikh listeners, which would be fucking amazing. They're the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Yes. Anyway, can you tell I've been drinking? I literally have tequila right in front of me. Keep going. <laughs> so Manoah's wife, Katie, goes to Manoah. He's like, look, the angel of the Lord came to me. And Manoah's like, Okay, but I, I, I also need to see this because, like, you have a vagina. That's a problem in terms mm-hmm. of your reliability it. as a source of information. <laughs> so Manoa's like, yo, God, can you send this guy back? And uh, I think he was more disturbed by how she described the angel of the Lord. That's true. She described him as very awesome. Yeah. Which my theory about angels 
some angels, very specific angels, not like, not like New Testament, not like, not like Revelation angels that fuck that shit, but like OT angels were really fucking hot. I don't know what to tell you. This is a fact. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to do that. Doesn't matter the circumstances. I'm pretty sure Katie got with this angel. You know what? Long time ago. When was this? 3,500 years ago. There wasn't Mm -hmm. that much going on. You know, if you weren't busy, you were not busy. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) why not? I'm I'm pretty sure this is a. The angel intervened. Yeah. The angel. Angel had a good time with Katie. Clearly Manoa's seed was not doing the job. So. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need a little assist to get to mm-hmm. the next level. Um, so the Lord agrees to bring bring Homie back, and um, so he shows up again to Katie, and Katie's like, "Hang on, don't move. I gotta go get my husband." So she runs off. She gets Manoa. It's like, "Look, this guy's back. You have to come talk to him." <laughs> And Manoa, again, doesn't believe her. He's like, are you the dude that talked to my wife? And Angel was like, yeah. And uh, so. What's your name? Oh, what's Where your name, are you bro? from? And uh, the angel's like, well, you know what? You couldn't understand it if I told you. So I'm just not going to tell you. <laughs> and um, yeah. So basically the angel's like, burn a small goat as a sacrifice to the Lord instead of honoring me, the angel with the incredible name that you cannot understand. And, um, so they do, which again, like this is, this makes no sense to me. This is like a goat. Like, why would, why would, this is like so much food, you guys, that you're like throwing away. Like, why are you doing this? I don't know. Like, instead of eating, I want you to just overcook a goat and put it on a rock. Right. And just leave it there. Yeah. Just leave it there. Like charred. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you have to go a couple weeks without food, no big deal. God's fine with it. Just call it fasting. Um, so <laughs> the angel zips back up to heaven in this uh, flame that is attached to the altar with the goat. And apparently Manoa and Katie are like, whoa, fall on their faces. And they decide to like worship the Lord, which again, question mark, like what, what were you doing before precisely? Um, yeah, we will certainly die because we have seen a supernatural being is what was really fucking hot. And I also am probably going to get in trouble for what I did with him yesterday. Um, and so <laughs> Katie gives birth to a boy and he's named Samson and he grew apparently as babies are wont to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord blessed him specifically because he never cut his hair. And that's yeah. why the spirit of the Lord was on him. Yeah. As a technicality, that is very strange. Um, so Samson's all grown up now and uh, goes to this place called Timna, which I really like, really, really like that name. And he goes, um, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timna go and get her for me as my wife, which I know, like, in our context, that's weird. I think in their context, it was a little bit less weird to be like, yo, mm-hmm. I saw this, I saw this hottie. Um, I think that's so, the most normal thing in this. Story. I think that's the, that and the prostitute. We'll yeah, get and to the that. prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Manoa's like, okay, but isn't, isn't there like a woman that you could marry that's like an Israelite or like part of our society? A relative. Why, a relative. Your, co- your cousin is really cute. Why are you? <laughs> 
God. Like, why are you going to this uncircumcised Philistine to get a wife? Uncircumcised Philistines. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure that wasn't applicable to the ladies, but who knows? Yeah. Who yeah. even knows? And Samson's like, no, this is the one. She's the one. And uh, the Bible hilariously points out, it's like his parents did not know that this request was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. Okay, motherfucker, listen, they're ruling over Israel because you said that they could. So yes. why are you seeking an occasion to get back at them? Yes. What is happening? Like, you're the boss here, dude. Yes, like, like already, already in this story, like the Israelites have done bad. So the Lord sent Classic. the Philistines to beat on them for 40 years. Fuck these guys. And then, you know, this boy is born and it's like, oh, he's being born to deliver you from the Philistines. And I'm going to give him an appetite for Philistine ladies. And that's going to really mess with them. It's going to be great. God's plan. It's going to cause all of this conflict, which gives the Lord an occasion to confront the Philistines because the Lord does not have occasion of his own volition to confront the Philistines who, again, he he literally, literally says he handed them over to the Philistines. Make it make sense. So, um, yeah, so here's, here's, here's a thing. Um, but, uh, so Samson and his family decide to go down to Timnah because Samson will not let this go. Um, and apparently Samson loses his parents and this young lion comes charging at him and the spirit of the Lord, the Bible says came powerfully upon him. And I have so many feelings about that, that I'm just going to leave alone. And, um, it says that Samson tore the lion with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. And I feel like there's a lot of goat abuse in this story and I'm not okay with it because goats are fucking cute, man. Like, why are you killing them? Like, like they're tasty too. Like, like eat them if you're gonna do something. You would have have to have tore a goat up before to know to have contact. Tearing, this, tearing lion up up this lion was as easy as tearing up a goat. Like I'm telling you, what is, Samson. What is wrong with you? Samson's He's a serial, a serial killer. killer. He's I'm, our, I'm I'm drinking. Yeah, I don't know about y'all. Sure. <laughs> Abusing animals as children, like mm-hmm. Hallmark, mm-hmm. like red flags all over the place already in the story serial killer stuff all the way he really is yeah so um yeah for the lord for the lord (laughs) serial killer for the lord yeah i'm surprised they haven't made a movie about that to be honest um so anyway his mother and father were just gone apparently they did not know what happened like he comes back all beat up they don't ask about it because it's their kid. They're used to this shit by now. He shows up beat up all the time. Tearing up um, goats again. Tearing up goats as one does. Um, so he goes, he has another little, he has a little chat with this, this lady. And the Bible says, and he liked her. Which might be the most wholesome thing in the Bible ever. He liked her. <laughs> he liked Aww. her. That's so sweet. I mean, liked in, in the context of like, patriarchy and also will will you get executed if you don't scream loud enough when you're being assaulted mm-hmm. um so you know salt lick take it with the salt lick and um so he comes back he's like i'm gonna marry this bitch listen um and on the way back 
He goes home, comes back to Timna, and he's like, oh, look, this lion carcass that um, I killed this. I killed this thing last time I was on my way, on my way this way to Timna, killed the lion. And um, so it says that he kind of like turned off the path to check out the lion carcass. And in the lion carcass, he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. This is a problem because once again, circling back to this whole thing of like, he's a Nazarite. He can't be unclean. Um, he goes, he scoops some of this honey out of this dead carcass, which is, makes him like ritually unclean in, mm-hmm. in Jewish society. You cannot touch carcasses that have just been sitting around without becoming unclean. But there's this like secret clause in here, right? That if like, as long as he doesn't cut his hair, everything is good with God. And he gives it to mom and dad, I think. Right. So they're now also ritually yeah. unclean and they have cut their hair before meaning the lord has departed from them according yeah. to the text i'm like i'm not making that up that's what the bible says. Yeah. um so this is fucking hilarious so uh his mom his dad samson arrive in timna and um samson decides to throw a feast it says um his own bachelor party essentially and the people in the town choose the people who go to the bachelor party and so the town chooses these 30 dudes to like hang out and samson he's like okay i'm I'm gonna tell you guys a riddle and then he says you have to answer it within the seven days of my bachelor party because apparently like people in israel go hard for these parties which i'm not actually mad about that part like that part seems cool to me um also a wholesome part of the story also a wholesome part of the story. Like go hard for your bachelor party guys. Mm-hmm. Actually just don't get married. Um, so he goes, if you can answer this riddle within the seven days of the feast, right? I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes, which I don't know how those are different. Bible doesn't say I didn't look it up. I don't really care. Um, and then he says, if you can't tell me the answer, then you have to give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes, which mm-hmm. what is one dude? in the ancient Near East can do with 30 cents a club. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is Samson, so he is getting into a lot of fights, so that maybe. Um, and so they're like, all right, give it to us. And Samson goes, his riddle is, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. And I, I assume it made a little bit more sense in like mm-hmm. Hebrew or whatever, whatever language this was yeah. in English as a poem. That's not a riddle. Yeah, that's not a riddle. That's some words you put together that, that are part of a larger poem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just an excerpt from a poem. That's, all, mm-hmm. that's not a riddle. Yeah. Um, and so it says, for three days, they couldn't figure it out. So on the fourth day, they pull in Samson's wife, who again, woman with no name. Um, what should we call her? We should call her um, Isabel. So Isabel, Isabel, they pull Isabel in. And they're like, Look, you have to tell your husband to give us the explanation of this fucking riddle. Otherwise, we will burn you and your father's household to death. So obviously, Isabel is very, very motivated Mm -hmm. to, like, get the answer from Samson, which, you know, fair. Like, they go, did you invite us to your to your party to steal our property? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they give mad. Big mad. Big mad. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's just, it's a very strange thing. But I mean, I get it. Again, like one, having one set of clothes was, that was, I feel like that would be pretty awesome back then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so 
did I say Isabel or Isabella? Whatever. Isabel. That girl, Isabel. She's like, she throws herself on Samson and she's crying. And she's like, you hate me. You don't actually love me. You gave people this riddle and like, you haven't told me the answer. And I don't know why I'm even marrying you. Cause I've known you for like 16 hours. And, uh, Samson goes, okay, look, I haven't even explained the riddle to my mother and father, which again, like in English, not a riddle. Um, he's like, so why should I explain it to you? Which I, I love this so much because, <laughs> because nuclear family bullshit that we have to deal with in, in this country right now, it's, like, yeah. it's so fake, right? Mm-hmm. His deference is to his mom and dad, yeah, right? Like, like, like oh, those mom are and dad people. don't know. Yeah. Those are his people, right? The wife is like an accessory. She doesn't necessarily have to be there, but like he's devoted to his parents, which again, like, listen, marriage is a construct. It's real weird. And people have done it very differently for thousands of years. Moving on. So verse 17 of chapter 14 says, she cried for the whole seven days of the feast, which if I can just circle back real quick, it was the fourth day when they came to his wife. Yeah. Like Isabel, listen, get us the answer. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand. So she cried the whole time. Half of it was because she had to marry this dude she doesn't know, whatever. The other half is, tell me the fucking riddle. Yeah. The riddle that is not a riddle. <laughs> so, and so finally he um, told her because he got sick of her pressing him is what the bible says mm-hmm. yeah this the new english translation does actually say nagging it says yeah, because she yeah, had yeah. Nag, nagged him so much which is basically i think what the hebrew is getting at probably probably because she's you know she's a woman what do you expect it is interesting they don't, they i don't think, do anything right i think the hebrew does say like because like it's better translated because she forced him which is as we'll see That's later, weird. and as we see later in the story, it's okay. it's almost as if Samson has no agency in the story, in some ways. Like, yes. like, like the point. women oh God, are the ones point. that force him to do all the bad things. The Lord is That's the one that forces him to do all these things. So, oh my God, interesting. You know, obviously, he's the fuck boy and responsible for his own actions. But the story writes it in such a way that it's it's never Samson's fault. He's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is like we're, we should, if we remember, we should put a pin in that, come back to it later. Yeah. Um, so before this is foreshadowing, so she, yes. So Isabel goes to the dudes and she's like, look, this is, this is what went down. And so they come back on, it says the seventh, the evening of the seventh day. And they said to Samson, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And Samson in reply says, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Please fucking explain this to me. Like, is Isabel the heifer in this particular situation? Yes. Yes. I need she to know. The heifer. And like, how were they plowing with her? Is he saying, like, if you hadn't fucked my wife? No, no. Like, well, I mean, maybe. But maybe. <laughs> basically, it's like you took what was mine and then you used it to do your work. So, like, you used. You you cheated basically is what he's saying. Like, but yeah, it just it's a really funny way to say you didn't plow with my heifer. Like, excuse me, sir. I knew we what that met. meant because I would I would totally <laughs> totally use that if I had any idea what it meant. I have no clue. Um, so again, 
spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson. And um, he went down to Ashkelon, don't know where that is, and struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, and took their clothes back and gave it to the guys who had explained the riddle. So um, he gives the clothes of all these dead people you need to take a drink right now. This motherfucker is a serial killer. He like kills people for their clothing. Like he doesn't even just steal clothing from like merchants. He straight up just like does it. He does more work and kills 30 guys and is like, here, have some linens covered in blood. Yeah. Cause you know, like dudes barehanded most of this stuff. So, you know, those garments were not clean. Oh, God, no. No, Samson was not a clean boy. He was a dirty, dirty boy. No, I think if we were going to do it like a director for the Samson movie, we're getting Quentin Tarantino for sure. Like, this is some some barehand violent bullshit. Oh, for sure. For sure. So he just... For the Lord. For the Lord. The Lord enabled this. Can we just talk about the fact that, again, it says the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. So yeah. the Lord is enabling serial killer Samson to just get away with all of the things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then that's, it just leaves it there. The feast is over. Samson pieces out like no wife, no nothing. It's like, I'm going home. <laughs> and so It says later on uh, at the time of the wheat harvest. So I'm assuming, you know, this is probably three months at least I'm assuming, I don't know. Like there's no context given in terms of, when the feast happened. And I didn't look up to see if there was a traditional time for like these bachelor feasts. Mm-hmm. Probably should have done that. Um, so Samson takes a young goat and goes to visit his wife, whom he has not seen since he left his bachelor party. Yeah. Are they even legally married? I would like to know. No, I don't um, think they are. I don't think they are. <laughs> they never get married. And so he gets back and he's like, I'm going to my wife's room, which that's premarital sex, you guys. Um, and her father was like, uh, yeah, no, I thought that you hated her. So I actually gave her to one of your buddies. Um, and also like her younger sister's prettier anyway. So I'm going to just take her instead. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. This woman, Isabel, fuck her dad. Um, his wife was just given away again, like your property. You have no, you have no agency. Um, and so <clears throat> Samson is big mad this time, like not, not kill 30 guys mad. Like Samson is big mad. And so, um, he's like, I get to get even with the Philistines and he goes, I'm really, I'm really going to hit him where it hurts. And so naturally he goes out and catches 300 foxes. And then, uh, once he has the 300 <coughs> foxes, he takes two at a time and ties their tails together. Where is he keeping the foxes? They are not running off. I would like to know. He is like the Rube Goldberg of serial killers. Like <laughs> this is like, like the most mad. complicated, weird way. <laughs> yes. Mad serial killer shit, you guys. And so he ties. So there's there's now 150 pairs of foxes. I'm sure they're having a grand old time. And so instead of being a normal fucking person and just burning down the fields and orchards, he lights the fox's tails on fire and lets them loose in the fields in the field this is like aren't there easier ways to burn down a field samson think about this and and we are not making this story up like this this is is from the the bible Bible. this okay this story is like is is really like the quintessential go home bible you are drunk 
Yes. Like this is bananas. Yes. Yes. As I said. Um, <laughs> good lord. So um yeah, so he burns up basically all of all of their food storage which you know, and it says he burns up their vineyards, he burns up their olive groves. So dude's doing like decades worth of damage here. Um and I do want to acknowledge that. Like that was not there was no that was not a it wasn't like eh it's like we're lighting a dumpster on fire, right? Like he goes all in. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna is, destroy you. This is people are gonna starve and die. Yes. Because of this. Yes, because of this. Um, and so of course, where it gets out very clearly, and the Philistines are like, okay, what what is this? And somebody says, Oh, it was Samson, right? It was like his wife was given to one of his companions, and he was just big mad. And so the Philistines, as you do, they went up and they found Isabel, they found her dad. And uh, they burned them to death because that's a normal thing to do. Yeah. On the one hand, I want to say Samson doesn't think ahead, but it does require a certain amount of planning and project management expertise to gather up 300 foxes and light their tails on fire by yourself. By yourself. Like, that's a lot of work. Like, even if you have, like, many, many traps set up, that's still, Mm -hmm. like, weeks of work i'm even gonna work. say even if the 300 is just like a made up not well it's all made up but like even a dozen foxes is gonna right. be hard like you go out and catch a dozen foxes and then tie their tails together tie so their tails together for you light them on fire and then get them to go where you want them to go like mm-hmm. that's yeah that's okay. so so, I, have, yeah. I have to think that Samson also knew that there would be a certain amount of retribution visited on his oh, ex, ex-girlfriend, yes. ex-fiance, ex-fiance, and her family. Yeah, that's true. He probably knew that they were going to be like, yo, this, is, this isn't okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry, but you, you got to go. You're in a liability to the whole community. Like, no, you're out. Yeah. Again, like, this is, it's so, it's so so intense there's like this young woman and her dad and they're just like sorry you're going you're, you're gonna be burned at the stake <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for a thing that like you didn't actually you didn't you technically didn't do like this lunatic <laughs> decided to go nuts on us whatever whatever it's fine and so um the philistines after they do this um they go and they camp in Judah, which is just like an area of Israel. And there, it says that they spread out near Lehi. I think that's how you pronounce it. it seems like a kind of Hawaiian pronunciation, not necessarily a Hebrew mm-hmm. pronunciation. I don't know. And so the people of Judah are like, okay, what, what are y'all doing here? Like you, this is not, this is where we live. Um, and uh, the Philistines are like, well, we came to take Samson prisoner, which again, like you burned these two other people alive. But you're just going to take this guy prisoner. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah. So they're like, we're going to do Samson what Samson did to us. Uh, I don't think Samson has like vineyards and olive groves and all of that stuff. So I think this means that they're going to kill him. And uh, so it says about 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Etam, Etam, whatever. And said to Samson, don't you realize that the Philistines are in charge here? Like, what are you doing? You're literally risking all of our lives. And Samson's like, you know what? 
I'm just doing to them what they did to me. This is completely fair. Like dude gives away my wife. I starve multiple people to death. Fair's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, totally justified. Totally justified. Why are you, why are you guys coming at me? And I, I have to say, like, I love, 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 love the fact that it's 3,000 men from Judah to go after this one dude. They know. This one, they, they know what's up. Yeah. They like, they know. They know what Samson's like. He's a serial killer. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, look, we're here to tie you up and send you to the Philistines. And Samson's like, as long as you don't kill me yourselves, go crazy. Um, which, again, like, <laughs> who cares? Like the Philistines are going to kill me. My relatives are going to kill me. Same, same. If I had to choose, I'd probably choose the Israelites killing me. But as a woman, maybe I shouldn't say that as a female body person. I don't know. Stoning people to death isn't cool either. Um, I think it was, this is part of a larger plot. Larger plot. So like, look, we're not going to kill you. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We're just going to tie you up, hand you over. It'll be cool. We're just going to go go back home after that. So, um, yeah, so they, they tie him up, it says, with two new ropes and take him out of this cave that he's been hiding in. That part's valid. Mm-hmm. You just killed a bunch of people. You just got yeah. a bunch of people dead. You should and, go hide in a cave. And now he's living in a cave. <laughs> serial killers lived in caves before I need to know. Um, so, again, once again, in this ridiculous situation that samson has gotten himself into the lord is like yo this is my chance and like takes over samson's body and gives him this like supernatural strength and he like tears the ropes off and they just like fall off of his hands like their little strings and he just happens to find a fresh jawbone of a donkey as opposed to an old dilapidated jawbone of a donkey um and so he grabs it and it says he struck down a thousand men i feel like justin wants to say something so bad right now (laughs) (laughs) well several things like one one i could just imagine some israelite in the background like being like hey those are my ropes like (laughs) why you gotta break my ropes And then, Everything there was so valuable. Yes. And they're just burning shit for the Lord and whatever to yeah. capture Samson. Oh my and God. And then, and yeah, this jawbone, which I have had, like, and I remember as a kid, some, some dude bro brought in a jawbone for us to hold. So we, I don't know, to, as an object lesson. They are not wieldy, wieldy yeah, weapons. They're, they're, they're very unwieldy. For like, sure. I, the one that I had, like, I remember holding it thinking, I think my fists may be more efficient than this thing. should have um, looked it up. I should have looked it up. But they're like the whole, the whole thing where like you work your muscles so much that they start to like disintegrate, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you're wearing a CrossFit shirt right now, which is what made me think of it. I am, yes. And, like, it is not, it's not physiologically possible. A little little Robdo. Like, blunt force trauma to kill a thousand people in one day yeah <laughs> without having without having some serious consequences of course the lord was actually the one who was doing it so like maybe he didn't yeah. kill anything so maybe he yeah. just like goes into a trance god takes over and all of a sudden like everything's fine and samson just wakes up and he's really fucking sore and like can't move for three weeks 
Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah, I would imagine he would need a lot of water. Actually, he does need... Oh! <laughs> so now this Robdo thing is starting to get some legs because right after this, he, he is so thirsty. I mean, yeah, Samson is very thirsty. This is true. He's like, you know, God, are you... Are you I, I'm going to die. <laughs> and, you know, God provided some water for him so uh, yeah so he so so we're we're really breaking this down sam's definitely a serial killer maybe Uh blacks out when he kills people like multiple personalities and stuff like this could be crazy like and totally did get some robdo from all that work and had to get a drink of water i mean yeah i would i mean killing a thousand people with any tool I'm going to be thirsty. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Also, Samson is the other thirsty. You'll get to that in a second. Yeah, um, sure. And so, yeah, God's like, okay, I'll just give you water. And just like opens up a spot. This is a hollow place. And water came out of it. <laughs> and then Samson drank water. And his strength returned. And he was revived. And uh, yeah. And then for some fucking reason... At the end of the chapter, it says Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistine. So then at some point in the story, it says one day, who knows when in the 20 years this was, Samson decides to go to Gaza and he sees this prostitute. And so he goes and spends the night with her, which again, that's a very, that's normal. Like there's two normal things that happen in this story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, the sex worker is one. Yeah. And so, um, but the people of Gaza, they're like, oh, Samson is in town. Y'all, like, we should, we should, we should see if we can, like, catch this motherfucker. Um, And so it says that they surrounded the place wherever this sex worker is working. And it says that they lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. Their idea was, like, we're going to kill him first thing in the morning. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And Samson decides, like... Eh, I don't know. Like this wasn't the best sex I've ever had. I think I'm going to just walk home. So at midnight, he just gets up, pieces out Mm -hmm. again. Like it says they surround the city and the place. So like, how does he get past all of these people unnoticed? He doesn't seem like, he doesn't seem like the most graceful dude, like the Mm -hmm. quietest guy in the room. I don't know how this happens, but then he like gets to the city gate and he's like, well, I'm going to take this with me. So we just tears the whole thing up like he tears up the gate Mm -hmm. breaks it off of the wall surrounding the city and just carries it off like you know you do when you're having a bad night after having sex with a sex worker Mm -hmm. normal stuff we can all relate he's drunkenly stumbling out of the house of lady favors and and maybe that's why they're like well that's not samson that's just some stumbling drunk (laughs) <laughs> and then, yeah, I could just see, I, you know, I can, I, I can imagine the drunk mindset of just like hitting the wall of the gate and being like, hey, wait a second, this shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, I'm taking this with me. Taking this with me. Oh, my God. Samson so, is just like falling, falling the fuck apart constantly. And God is enabling, like yeah. God is an enabler. Let's just get mm. that part out of the way. Um, so then it says sometime later, again, we have no frame of reference. Sometime in the 20 years that Samson was alive and doing his Samson bullshit, it says that he fell in love with a woman, which is, you know, that's kind of precious, except 
he's a horrible person, so it's not. Um, <laughs> so her name was Delilah. She actually gets a name, yeah, which is real exciting, you guys. I don't have to name her. <laughs> so, um, so the rulers of the Philistines are like, okay, so Samson has a crush on you. This is kind of a big deal. We need you to find out how we can like take him down because we can't figure it out. Like we're all gonna give you. 1100 pieces of 1100 shekels of silver whatever the fuck that means um and so delilah goes to samson and she's like tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued um and samson just straight up goes like look okay if anyone ties me up with seven fresh bowstrings i don't know um that have not been dried i will become as weak as any other man i would just like to point out really quickly that they are having a sleepover Mm-hmm. okay so this premarital is, sex is, yeah y'all the bible doesn't say anything here just saying um yeah he is he about- is not ritually unclean he has not broken his vows and this is I mean, he's like not just having sex he's doing some bdsm stuff <laughs> with the line all tied up <laughs> nothing wrong with that just no, putting that out go there nuts. but go nuts on the tears of evangelical sins this isn't just like normal sex quote unquote this is kinky <laughs> sex this is way, he's like this is you know like like so i mean because seriously let's read this for a second so delilah said to samson tell me what makes you so strong and how you could be subdued and humiliated like and he's like oh yeah tie me up like come on that that is what's happening so here. kink yeah there's so is, much kink this is some kink stuff that's uh you know I'm not mad about it, to be honest. Like, that's not a part that makes me upset, personally. I'm Um, glad it's in here. I'm glad it's in here. So Delilah goes and does this as he's sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, she ties him up with these seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried. Very bizarre distinction, but whatever. And um, so then she invites all these Philistines like into the house and she like hides them in the room, which I don't know what that could even look like. I imagine these dwellings were not particularly interesting and they didn't have a lot of space. To me, it's like hiding a bunch of guys in a tent where someone is sleeping. It's like, there's only so much space here, you guys, <laughs> whatever. And um, Delilah just like shouts, wakes Samson up and she goes, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he snaps up, like breaks the bowstrings easily. And um, nothing happens. It says the secret of his strength was not discovered. So this is a normal thing with you guys. Um, And so then Delilah is very sad and pouty. And she's like, you made a fool of me and you lied to me. And um, I really need you to tell me how you can be tied up and um so samson makes up this new story right and it says if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used i'll become as weak as any other man and so delilah naturally goes get these ropes whatever they have fun with it he passes out and then there's men hidden in the room which i don't know like as an exhibitionist i think that's kind of fun moving on um and so he's all tied up fast asleep this dude is a heavy sleeper yeah <laughs> and, for sure. 
And she's like, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And so of course he wakes up and he just like snaps the ropes off like they're nothing. And there's again, all of these Philistine men apparently in the room and Samson's like not picking up on, on he's not catching any of the hints here. No, like, is this like a game to him? Like, is this part of the role play scenario for him? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it really does sound like, like, like voyeurism. Yeah. And there's, this is just a thing that they do for fun. Like n- literally no other explanation makes sense that he like actually gives her. Yeah. So she like keeps asks him again. Yeah. She keeps it going. Um, and so he was like, okay, okay. Listen, if you tie the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom, and tighten it with the pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. And I know it well, makes hair. sense. To, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, that. And also, like, dude had never had his hair cut. Like, of course, he has just like seven massive, like, matted braids there. Like, Samson <laughs> yeah. clearly has locks that are past his ass. So yeah. um, there's a lot of hair to work with here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so she does this naturally. Apparently, this is just a thing they're both really, really into. She like ties him up and he breaks out. I'm not judging any of this shit. I gotta be honest. Um, and so then in this role play thing, she's like, I'm sure it's it's gotta be role play. Literally nothing else makes sense. Like yeah. he, this guy is like has no sense of self-preservation whatsoever, which is not true because we know from previously in the story that he does. This is, has to be some kind of like. Yeah, like, yeah, and she's like the defenseless, like, Samson, the Philistines are here. Come and, <laughs> c- come and save me. Like, come save like, me. Yeah, like, like that's, the, that is the only way to make this dialogue make sense. And then he's like, I mean, oh, I might not be strong enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then they have, like, crazy sex after he chases the Philistines away. Like, that's, that's what's happening here. Honestly, and, like, and that is... This is the only explanation that makes any kind of sense. Because if he honestly thought that she was trying to get him murdered, I don't know that he would have been like this. Um, So, yeah. Of course, the Bible doesn't say that because it leaves out all the fun parts. Whatever, it's fine. And so... First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Yeah, she, she, Delilah is like, again, apparently Samson thinks this is role play. And she's like, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me. And you haven't told me the secret of your great strength. And uh, the Bible says that she nagged him and prodded him day after day until he became sick to death of it. Because mm-hmm. it's not his um, fault. It's not his it's fault not- that he divulged the secret. I was just really tired you guys yeah, forced him with her, forced him with her words i think she, is the um way she that he was rendered yeah okay yeah like she she wore him out which you know delilah like good for you like this dude but that's some work i'm not gonna lie like that's some work 
you get this guy to give in. I don't know. Respect. Um, so finally he actually like tells her what it is. Right. And he's like, if you cut off all my hair, then, then God is going to leave me. I won't be strong anymore. I'll just be like a regular dude. And so Delilah is like, all right, this is it. This is the one we're doing it. And, um, so the Philistines come back with her money in hand. The Bible says apparently that is important. And, um, it says after putting him to sleep on her lap, this is fun. You guys, Mm -hmm. again, this is real sexy. Apparently, um, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. Again, I could like, I cannot say that someone could shave my entire head bald without me waking up. Mm -hmm. Dude was a heavy sleeper. Um, and it says, and then his strength left him. And she does the whole rigmarole. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he wakes up and he's like, okay, I'm just going to bust out of this. And the Bible says, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. And like, honestly, the Lord is just a weird motherfucker in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's like, yeah, okay, like, bye. Like, this is the line for me. This- it's not the fucking, it's not the kink, it's not the murder. Yeah, it's, it's the hair. It's the shaving of those nasty old. Nasty what I imagine old. were very natural dreadlocks at this those, point. And those things smelled like ass. Yeah, I mean everything smelled like ass back then, so I guess it didn't really matter. Um, so then the Philistines get him, and the Bible says they gouged out his eyes, which right fuck away that shit. Right fuck away that shit. Like no Philistines, come on, man, get it together. And they took him down to Gaza. And it says that they bound him with bronze shackles. Apparently the bronze shackles is important. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the kink again. Who fucking knows? And they sent him to grinding grain in the prison. But they didn't know. Hair grows back. So the plot his hair hole. starts growing again. <laughs> like, and this is one of the few stories where the Bible is actually trying to do a good job of telling us a coherent narrative. You know, like kind of doing that little foreshadowing and like you're doing the, you know, like this is a, there's, this is a different style of storytelling, I, I think, than a lot of places in the Bible. So. Oh my God, I cannot. And uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a really good, that's a really good point. There's actually like something of a, of a narrative going on here. I mean, if you add in the king part, most yeah. of this makes sense. Yeah. Um, that was probably what the foxes were about too. Now that I'm thinking about it, anyway. Um, yeah. So this is some, yeah, this is some like ancient Near Eastern um, mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey. So I kind of, I kind of, I kind of think it was. I mean, mm-hmm. again, nothing else. Um, and so yeah, the Philistines are like, yeah, motherfucker, we did this, and it says that they praised their god. I'm sure the Philistines had more than one god, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, and yeah, so it says at some point while they were in high spirits, while the Philistines were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So apparently he was still hot, even without the nasty ass locks and, um, his, and his eyes and his eyes. <laughs> Look, there was no such thing. Self-care. You can't beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. True. <laughs> Fair. So it says they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. Again, 
you guys think about it just just think about it i'm not going to say anything just think about it and so um it says they stood him among the pillars and samson said to the servant who held his hand put me where i can feel the pillars that support the temple so that i may lean against them and so it says that the temple was crowded the temple where samson was performing which again like this really feels like kink i'm sorry we've said this like 18 times i will let it go um and the temple was crowded with men and women but not not non-binary people they had to stay outside apparently and um it says all of the rulers of the philistines were there and on the roof there were about three thousand people which is like this is this is like this party is like they're going hard yeah this is a massive party if there's three thousand people on the roof (laughs) yeah they're watching they're watching samson perform for sure Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and doing all kinds of other stuff. And uh, so Samson gets to these pillars and he prays to the Lord and he says, uh, remember me, because I'm sure that God forgot who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, God has just really, really poor long-term memory. Um, and uh, yeah, it says, strengthen me once, Samson said, strengthen me once more and let me get revenge on the Philistines for my eyes like not about like delivering your people none of it like i want to fuck these people over because they gouged out my eyes can you do me a solid god (laughs) oh help me this is so messed up and so anyway he pushed the bible says with all of his might and uh down came the temple on the rulers and all of the people in it um Mm -hmm. and it says thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived which is an accomplishment can 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 we count can we go back and count this because i'm not 100 sure that's true well it was at least 1300 or not 1030 are the ones we have numbered for sure before this. Yes. But there was there was the 300 dudes at the jawbone. But there were the 30 guys at the clothes. Yeah. So like there's a lot going on before a lot then. Of murder. And then you know he was he was leading the Israelites in opposition to the Philistines for 20 years. Which yeah. I'm sure so there was more. There's so much more to this story that they just left out. They just like, left out. Nobody's going to believe this shit. Just skip it. Yeah. So the end of the story is, again, like the Bible says that he killed many more people when he died than while he lived. And then his brothers, who were mentioned for the first time in the last chapter of the story, <laughs> and his father's whole family went down to get his body and they brought him back and they buried him in the tomb Oh, his father's whole family. And they buried him in the tomb of Manoah, his dad. And for some reason, it decides to reiterate the fact that he had led Israel for 20 years. We were just taught this story so many times. Yeah. As babies. Why? The Bible is not appropriate for children. Yeah, not at all. And, and I, I was taught every one of these stories in some way. You know, I think, you know, usually they would gloss over the foxes part a lot of the times, but. Oh, they would, like, they would, they would gloss over the, the sex work part too. Like, yeah, it was just his friend. 
He just wanted to stay with his friend. He went to see his friend that was a girl and he left in the middle of the night, you know, as you totally do. Nor- totally no more stuff. That's fine. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't, I don't even know what kind of morality we got out of this. I don't remember. I sincerely, I do not remember. Other than that God can do anything. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like it was maybe something about repentance. Like you can fuck up real bad and repent and God will still come through for you. Yeah. Which is not a good lesson, which is a horrible lesson. I mean, it, it's, in, oh God, in evangelical land, it sounds good. Like no matter how many times you mess up, God will yep. take you back. Like, and you know, I get unconditional love. That's a good message, I guess. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but it's also in this story, there was never any accountability for Samson's actions ever. Right. He never felt bad for them. Right. He never apologized. He never like, yeah, yeah always blamed all of the problems even then the narrative does carries the load for him too like samson i don't even know what's smart enough like the narrative itself carries all this water for samson and because it makes him sound like a real dumb guy to be honest yeah yeah and and that the lord is directly involved in the murder of people that didn't deserve it um they were Philistines, okay? They didn't cut up part of their dick. Yeah, they they had their force. They need to go impact. to hell. So evil, yeah. evil. This is the worst thing imaginable. So yeah, so they had they had intact foreskins. Therefore, spirit of the Lord empowered this person, who I to think mass was murder. definitely a serial killer, and <laughs> probably had some other psychological problems where they would black out and murder people <laughs> and call it God after the fact. Like just assuming, like I'm just trying to assume for a second that maybe aspects of this story have some basis in reality. See, you're giving like, Samson the benefit of the doubt by saying that he had psychological problems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair, fair. I could very well no, see. Like, that's fair. I mean, it's the opposite of ableism. So, you know, we yeah. can rock with that. Yeah. Like trying to give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, he could have just been a total asshole. Like just Yeah, maybe he was a dick. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the title of the episode. Maybe Samson was a dick. Maybe Samson was just a dick. No matter how much I try to help him out. He might have tried. Been, we tried. God God tried to help this motherfucker out, and that didn't even work. So yeah, he's and, he's beyond redemption. And it's again, it, it just continues to go back to this these people were taught to look up to were taught to model our life after, or even if we weren't taught those things were taught that God is with this person. Right. And And this story has value and this story has value. And, and I can, I can, this, this is not a very difficult line to draw between excusing Samson's terrible behavior because Mm -hmm. he got results. Mm -hmm. You know, the Israelites got delivered. And the terrible behavior of all kinds of pastors. <clears throat> Excuse me, what? Could you, could you repeat that? I, I, I didn't hear you. Yeah. A particular pastor who's also an ass, but also many of the other asshole pastors that you, anyone can name. Um, I don't and, even know who you're talking about, to be honest. Oh, oh you this don't? This is amazing. Yeah, I don't so, know. So it's fine. This is amazing. Well, I, I mean, like, even just like you've got, you got Mark Driscoll, who's like, well, he gets results. Total asshole. No character at all to speak of gets results. Donald Trump, no character at all. 
gets results. He gets the job done, man. Must have been, must have been God's man. Yep. So it, it is not difficult to, to be like, if you lift your morality out of this book and you lift your morality out of, and if you're a big masculine, manly man, you're going to make a beeline right for a Samson. Um, and yeah, this is, this is a messed up story. This is Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. like it, it's not a bad story to teach in the sense of like, yeah, kids, you shouldn't do that. Like you shouldn't trust people blindly. You shouldn't take what's not yours. You shouldn't murder people for their clothing. (laughs) If, because most of his problems stem from his initial murders, catching up with him and escalating over time. Yeah. And but the fact that the Bible inserts the, well, God was with him the whole time and God was him empowering him to do these things the whole time. That's what takes what might've been a morality tale, like a, a, in the, in yeah. the negative right. and turns it into this really weird story of like, wait a second here. The ends justify the means. Yeah. This is what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that's what we were taught functionally. Mm-hmm. We weren't necessarily taught that explicitly, but the mm-hmm. way that the, that theology functioned in our lives was the end justified the means yeah. in almost every case. I I was talking with an acquaintance I know. I would have said friend of mine, but they're an acquaintance I know now. A conservative person. We're talking about abortion. And it was eye-opening for me because I was, you know, doing the thing that most liberals do, which is like, let's explain what actually reduces abortions. Like, mm, and, and, and I actually, this, I actually appreciated about this person. They said, I don't care about reducing abortions. That's right. not what I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm interested in uh, basically a constitutional amendment that defines personhood beginning at conception. And I was like, mm-hmm. so you're, you, you want that even though the functional result of that will probably will actually be more, be more abortions. More abortions. And they said yes, mm-hmm. with a straight face. Like, wow. Like, and I appreciated that in the sense that that's just the honesty there. They're being honest. Yeah. But it's like, man, like really? Like the ends justify the means. Like even if more unborn you know, yeah. fetuses, you know, in their, yeah. what they would say, even if more babies die, yeah. I'm okay with that because yep. I'm going to get what I want and I'm going to get what, what I get I mean. to punish. I get to punish women who have abortions. And that yeah. to me is more important than saving the lives air yeah. quotes, of actual fetuses. Yeah. And like, we could just, I, I feel like I could go issue by issue and you get this oh, ends justify the means mentality. Yeah. And yep. Yep, and guns, will... like yeah. having no healthcare, having no safety nets, letting like anybody kind of do what they want in terms of like pawning people out of their money. You just have to be kind of subtle about it. All of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, televangelists. Mm-hmm. The yep. ends justify the means. Yeah. And and that's and that's unfortunate. And it's I I can't I can't see any other way but looking at these stories like this is the source of it. Your book is mm-hmm. the source of this corruption in yeah. your morality. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't even think it's necessarily like the Bible precisely. I think it's like being a literalist. Yeah. Being like this is a thing that actually happened and these are the actual reasons why. 
mm-hmm. right? Like Samson was able to murder 300 people because God. Mm-hmm. Right? And it doesn't necessarily, like nothing else is taken into account, right? Like there's no personal responsibility. There's no, other people's lives also matter. Like people's life, everybody else's life mattered just as much as Samson's. Mm-hmm. Like, there's none of that. There's no ethics involved. Yeah. It's just, God said it was good. Therefore, murder is good in some cases. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, that's how it functions, right? Like, that's not what they say. But that's, that's the way the theology functions yeah. in people's lives. And, and that is, <clears throat> and that's how they, it, it becomes a justification after the fact for yes. a lot of things. Yeah. Uh-huh. If, if uh-huh. something is successful, then it was God. If it failed, well, I guess God wasn't in it. And, you know, the story is hilarious to me because I don't take it literally. I see it as a nice. cultural byproduct. I see it as an interesting yes. thing. I see it as why would I tell children this story? <laughs> like, I think. Yeah, it's, I don't I don't I don't remember really like what they were trying to teach us other than that. Honestly, and that is. That is in direct opposition to loving your neighbors. Hmm. That theology of the ends justifies the means is in direct opposition to love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. In the way that it functions, again, like the language might not necessarily be like, God is holy, God is evil, right? Like that's not the language we're using. But the way that it, the theology functions in people's lives, the way that people operate based on their understanding of this theology is antithetical to loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. And when I, I think any story that you can use as a defense for your behavior, when your behavior is very explicitly causing harm, or, you know, maybe, maybe it's something that, that, people people who disagree with you politically think is a good thing like abortion right like abortion access is a good thing like maybe that's like where where certain people land with that but in the in the ways in the way that it functions this theology functions in your life right it's Mm -hmm. like i would rather have more abortions so that i can punish people who have wombs for having abortions or miscarriages that I decide were actually abortion. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just, it's very fascinating to me the way that the, that this, these stories really function in our lives. And I think that the sanitizing of them is, I think that it's intentional, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that it's an accident. That these stories get sanitized and then given to children. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're taught to accept them as normal at such a yes. young age. Yeah. Yes. Even once you're old enough to read the whole story, it's already been put in your head that this is normal. This so is good. This is this is historical. Right. So you're this not critically is, examining it. No, you're just like, this is the word of God. And mm-hmm. like, I, I remember doing that, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. Like, I absolutely remember doing that. Like, I was reading the Bible, like very sincerely and trying to figure out like what the fuck I was supposed to be doing with my life. Um, because I was told that that's where, that's where the answers were <laughs> in the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and again, like in this kind of a literalist context, it's, yeah, there's, there's so much harm that is kind of propagated by, by a literal reading mm-hmm. of like this story, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, and, 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 and what's, what's incredible to me is that you and I read it and it's like fucking hilarious, yeah. right? Like I was literally falling out of my chair laughing, reading this story because I was like, what is happening right mm-hmm. now? <laughs> I was like, okay, what's how I'm going to try to get back at these people. Yeah. They have a vineyard. They also have an orchard. I'm going to burn that shit down. And what do and, I do? And foxes. Foxes. Yes. <laughs> Got to go for the foxes. And I wonder if when the story was first told, it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> if it was supposed to be this dramatic reading, like the like everything is exaggerated. Everything out. is exaggerated. Yeah. Yes. Everything is bombastic acting out like mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. doing the Trump impression, but in the funny way, like not, you know, like just the very like, oh, well, I. I guess I'll go, you know, over here and kill these people. You know, like I'm just mm-hmm. gonna get 30 garments. I don't have them. I'm gonna kill people. Like that, like that, that is a funny, like Quentin Tarantino-esque kind of over the top. Kind of satire. Satire. Right? Like it's a little bit yeah. Like and, um, that, and I, I, you know, I think that go ahead. No, and that functions well. That like that story has <laughs> legs. It has it's interesting. It has moral value then as a satire i can actually take some moral value out of that yeah Um, and that maybe we shouldn't follow big strong men who say that god's empowering them because they're idiots Mm. like that's actually (laughs) you make it a satire and it has legs but you take it literally like yep this is exactly what happened god empowered this guy then then it leads you to all kinds of these weird moral dead ends that are not healthy yeah, totally. And, and I think, I mean, one of the things that I find that's so funny about this is like most people probably don't think about, but like me being ADHD and maybe on the spectrum. So like everything happened in like multiples of three. So it's yes. like 30 garments and then like 300 guys that he kills with this donkey's job on and the 3000 people who were killed, who were on the roof and he like breaks the entire building apart, just like by sheer force of will. That to me is like, that's kind of like, that to me indicates that it's like this is this is more satirical than literal. And right? Delilah goes like, to him three times and he's like Right, exactly. Extra. And he's just like it's a funny satire. And if it is that, then it's actually good. I'll say it's good then. Yeah. It's a good story if it's meant to be uh in uh yes. over the top satire. And and like yes, exactly. In 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 service of critical examination of the ways that we live our lives and the systems that we just kind of take for granted, right? And mm-hmm. the constructs that we assume are very normal, that, that are the constructs we assume are real. Mm-hmm. I think that yes, absolutely. As a satire, I think this makes a lot of sense. And that is a very Bible thing to do. Like there are many places in the Bible that offer these very powerful social critiques yeah. that I think have legs even today. Yeah. Um, but when they get flattened out and made literal, it, they, they lose all that. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting to me, too, that conservatives and evangelicals, like they, they want to keep that 
almost as a justification for bad behavior. Right. Um, because when, when we do start comparing it to the New Testament and we do start talking about loving your neighbor as yourself, being a more you know, morally mm-hmm. you know, right thing, I remember getting asked mm-hmm. one time as I was teaching like an adult Wednesday night class at a church. This is many years ago. Yeah. And the question came up, like when we find the New Testament in conflict with the Old Testament, what do we do? Like, valid question. Like totally Whoa. valid question. You know? Whoa. And and I remember saying, like, well, when we find these things in direct conflict, I might have even brought up Joshua specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we're Christians and we because we claim we claim Jesus as our teacher, like mm-hmm. as our rabbi, as the tradition that we follow in. Yeah. Like, we go with what Jesus said. And they were, like, shocked and dumbfounded and, like, no, we have to. Be. And, it, and the argument, like, some people got it, but the argument really came down to we have to keep violence in our back pocket. Like, that's really what it came down to. The Old Testament oh. gives us the freedom to be violent. And so we need, like, yeah. we need to keep it. We can't let it go. And... That was, was fascinating to me because we have Jesus, who is a pacifist, nonviolent rabbi who let himself be killed. But nope, that's too weak for us. I need me some yeah. Samson and some Joshua. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's true, especially in those particular contexts, which, you know, I can't I can't speak for you or anybody who's listening. But for me, like there was a metric fuck ton of patriotism built into evangelicalism. Yes. Like that was just assumed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we we operated, we worked with the assumption that America was blessed by God, that like, for example, the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq was morally justified because we did it. Mm-hmm. And we're the good guys. Therefore we can't really be held morally responsible for the other stuff that happens that we didn't necessarily want to happen. Like all of this collateral damage, like hundreds of thousands of innocent people being killed. Like that's not on us because we're the good guys and we're supposed to make, we're supposed to like lay down the law. Right. And sometimes you have to use violence. Like these are the arguments that we, we were given, right. That there's certain circumstances where it's like, no, like the, you know, Sometimes violence is the only option left. Yeah. And they always bring up World War II. <laughs> I'm like, it's fascists fighting fascists, you guys. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. Hitler's like, ooh, Jim Crow? Give me some of that shit. That's mm-hmm. the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 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 oh God, I, I just, I think that, that, I think it's so, I think that that piece right there is so important right that we're like creating these like justifications for our behavior sort of as we're going through the motions as we're doing the things Mm -hmm. it's like oh well we have this whole like set of beliefs and 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 stories that we can kind of like superimpose onto what we're doing right now did that, I mean, did that happen with you with like, mm-hmm. with like the Iraq war, just as an example, yeah. because I remember going to chapel, right? Like right when the Iraq war was starting and like, I, again, I like, I went to a Bible college and there were people at school who had, who like printed out these pieces of paper and taped them in the backs of their like rear view windows that said bomb Saddam. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
to give you an idea of my college um oliver north spoke in our chapel so (laughs) that's where we were okay i'm scared now i'm leaving (laughs) i'm done (laughs) fuck yeah yeah (laughs) yeah oh my god oh my god that oof that is rough yeah so that's where we were coming from and yeah, it was like standing ovation, bomb those motherfuckers. Like we didn't say that part, but like Yeah, but that was the way that it functions, right? Mm-hmm. Like this yep. is what I try to like I harp on this all the time on Twitter. I'm like, there's the words, right? There's the language that we use. Like when we build these kind of like morality tales, and however we however we frame them. And then there's the way that those those that language functions in our lives and those are not the same thing right and i think that it's really important to recognize that there those aren't the same thing right when 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 white evangelicals say like we love queer people we love lgbtq people like we love trans people Mm -hmm. when when really what they're getting at is in order to love these people we have to make them cis and straight right we love you so much we want to make you straight is the we want to fix you we want to fix you yeah because we see you as a problem right exactly that you you are broken and there are parts of you that don't belong in this space and so you have to cut those parts of you off in order to fit into our little box and then and then we will accept you and love you conditionally again Mm -hmm. because it's like if you bring any of that stuff back you kicked out um Right. And, and God also loves you and accepts you conditionally until you bring some of that stuff back in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and, and I think that something that's really interesting and, you know, I say this all the time, but like humans are spiritual starfish. Like we get all these things cut off from us, but then when we leave that space, like when we leave white evangelicalism, it's like, we can grow all of that back. Mm-hmm. Right. But what's really interesting to me is especially with, with, with like Gen X and millennials and Gen Z, I think, especially it's like, that stuff starts growing back even in the box, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not, it's not this thing of like, oh yeah, I've cut off like my queerness. I've cut off my blackness. Um, I have cut off my commitment to justice and equity for other people. Um, and now I fit into this little like perfect white evangelical box. Um, and what's really, really, what's so fascinating to me recently is just the way that it's like, that stuff starts growing back even without you asking it to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because it's just built in, right? Yeah. Like it's, to me, it's, 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 it's similar to it being a genetic response, right? Where mm. if a starfish loses a limb, it just, it's just going to start growing back. That's just how it works, right? If, if like an octopus is another perfect example, like it's just going to start growing back and it takes, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort. It's like, you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. but but that's just the normal response and once you keep bumping into these like walls i feel like enough times you get to the point where you're like mm, okay this is not where this i don't fit in this box mm-hmm. and if yeah. that means that god doesn't love me okay yeah that, that, that's definitely i think where a lot of people go and i think you get to a certain point where you have to make a decision then. Am I going to leave or am I, or am I going to burn? Am I going to cauterize this to the point where I will never go back? And I think there are a lot of people that do that, um, that get to a point where like, you know, they could leave because then they've like fully acclimated to that environment. 
and that's rough. Like I've seen it. Um, where people just, yeah, they be, they become like shells almost in a strange way. Like they're fully given to the cult is what it seems like. And yeah, when I left, it was almost immediate. Like I started reclaiming parts of myself and I started, yes, and I started, and I started becoming more myself and I'm still experiencing this now too. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's a ongoing process. That's why I categorize yeah, you know, there's deconstruction, but then I call it rediscovery. I don't call it reconstruction because I don't. Right. Why would I want to do that? Um, <laughs> that's just me. But it's, I'm I'm discovering who I was even bef- like before. Like who was I always supposed to be? I love um, this. And I love it. That's the way I've described it because, like, I'll use climate change as an example. Like, as a kid, I was naturally concerned about the environment. It was very much a passion of mine. And I was naturally very sensitive to how we treated it and how we, um, but then I got to some point where I was like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to care about that because I'm a Christian. Like, you know, that was a, and that was actually a pretty brief phase because I, I dumped that relatively quickly. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I remember there were so many things where it was like, this is how I feel as an innocent child. And then that just got paved over. Mm-hmm. And deconstruction for me was like, you know, pulling up this parking lot and and finding out what's underneath, and mm-hmm. you know, like oh. finding and that's oh, and that's fuck. been a that, that's that been a, it's been a good thing and it's painful too for sure. Like yeah. my and seeing yeah. how my neurodivergence really was something yeah. I had to cut off forever. Um, masking behaviors, all that you're aware, you know, our listeners know. I think half our listeners are ADHD. Oh, at least <laughs> at least fifty percent. If you've listened to this oh, podcast God. this long, you're probably ADHD because you can, you're the only ones that can follow our trains of thought. Who else has any clue what the fuck is happening over here? Uh, oh my gosh. I, well, I think that's why a lot of deconstructed folks yeah. are also ADHD or neurodivergent in some way because that's a piece of you that you really can't cut off forever. Yes. Like you can cut your empathy off forever, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being neurodivergent like that shit just it's gonna keep coming up (laughs) you don't get to like um and yeah so yeah we eventually hit that wall and we gotta we gotta go stay healthy for ourselves and then all of a sudden you realize like that's a good value like being healthy for me is a value i couldn't get there and i have that and i'm better now it's good all this from samson we're amazing we we're fucking incredible. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um you want to cast the Samson movie before we uh before we thinking, log off? God, I was thinking about that. Yeah, Samson, he's just he's such he's such a strange character. Like even in the Bible, he's a weirdo. Yeah. Amongst Bible characters, he's a <laughs> Amongst weirdo. Bible characters, like this dude is weird. And so I'm not a hundred percent sure like where where precisely I would I would land with that. I'm of two minds. I'll I'll say mine. On the one hand, my mind immediately goes to someone like Jason Momoa, who is huge and also I think could, if we made it a satire, could definitely carry those over the top yep. laughs. But then there's another part of me that's like, I want to cast someone who looks super weak, noodly arms, like does not look like they could fight anybody. Um, well, if we're gonna do like the uh, what's the guy's name? He's in the he's in the Dune movie. I should know this. 
He's also with Jason <laughs> Momoa. Um, Timothee Chalamet, yeah, like okay. like very tiny person. Like I'm sure he's a sweet, wonderful person, but he's not who I think of when I think of Samson. So then you could really uh-huh. play up the like the Lord coming on him and giving this supernatural strength because like you see them doing these amazing feats yes. of strength, but they're yes. like a beanpole. Yes. Like I could find yeah. that also to be a funny movie. <laughs> so those are my two thoughts. Like someone who definitely fits apart visually and then someone who doesn't fit it at all. And then you can really play up the like, God gives me strength. Like, and even like make it like he can't do anything normally. Like he, like he's trying to plow a field and he's super weak and getting made fun of, but then like God comes across him and he like is tearing goats into. Um, so that's my... He's, if you're listening to this, please don't, please don't tear animals in half. What yeah, no, fuck? don't. No, this is... We're is... very anti-animal cruelty. Like, yeah. don't even, don't get any ideas. Basically y'all. everything Samson does, do not do. <laughs> do not do. This is a red flag. Samson yes. is a red flag. Yes. Like, even, even more so than Dexter. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so do you have anybody oh, now for... Shit. Oh shit. I mean, I can definitely see like Vin Diesel, like, mm-hmm. like pulling that shit off. Like that, yeah. that is, that is pretty funny. But I think if I was going to go for someone who wasn't like the big burly guy, probably, um, uh, probably go for Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. Yeah. I think that just he's, he's, he's super, super talented and he would make that shit so funny <laughs> because it's like, cause it, and like, again, it's, it, it's meant to be a satire, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like we said, that's the only way it really has any value. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be, I would, I would watch that. Yeah. That would be funny. But um, yeah, I mean, I think in, in, in terms of like mainstream, like really big kind of people. And yeah. directed by Taika Waititi. Let's just, <laughs> let's, just <laughs> let's just go all the way. <laughs> Um, okay yeah. we love we love this we love it where can the people find you on the interweb story people can find me at tori glass on twitter and instagram and uh they can find go home bible at go home bible on twitter and instagram and That's also right. on patreon which is again super simple just patreon.com slash go home bible and um you can get some like fun little fun little bonus content over there so if you want to do that you should yep. you should go sign up yeah fun little bonuses um, ad, for, ad free episodes yes. stickers and mugs. also just justin does a shit ton of work for the podcast and like does not get paid for it so thank you you should go and sign up for patreon i'm just saying <laughs> well thank you uh, you yeah, can find Dustin, me- Dustin carries Dustin carries the load here. Like the majority of the work <laughs> is on my Justin. Sorry, go ahead. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I'm also on the Twitters Justin D Gentry, and on Instagram uh, Justin Dot Gentry because I got them at very different times in my life, and I was going by different things. So just anyway. Whatever. That's yeah, cool. It always happens this way. It does. All right. Well, that thanks everybody. Enjoy your week and your time, and we'll see you around.
1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.